0: everyone and welcome to the American Scouser Podcast. It is our regular Monday recording. We are our regular crew minus one. Gally, who's actually traveling back from Anfield right now. He j- he said he just landed in Boston, so he will not be joining us today. You'll probably hear a lot of stories from him on Thursday about this whole weekend. I am your host, Timuchin, as always on Mondays. But we have Bickler, because Bickler and I are too poor to be traveling the world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yes. How are you holding up, Bickler? I'm good. I may be poor, but
1: I'm not too poor to buy Galley's beverage of choice, so that's here with us, even though he's not. <laughs> <laughs> that will that will <laughs> teach him. <laughs> a little advertising for the big boys on top of it. We need to start doing like the movies and put duct tape over this, so it feels a little official. Even though nobody would fucking care. It would make me feel There
0: cool. was that Bozo, I remember uh, in one of the Facebook groups who was buying the jerseys but spending the money to buy the jerseys well, yeah. and putting duct tape over the Nike logo.
1: Nothing like a political
0: statement after you gave them your money. <laughs> so I figured we would talk about, instead of talking about the specifics of the game, make this one nice therapy session for all. Well, especially for us too, but then whoever wants to jump in and comments and kind of like tell us where you're at Uh, in terms of mindset and feelings and emotions and stuff. You love this therapy stuff anyway, Bickler. You mentioned it more than once, so bring it on. It was a very odd Sunday. Um, High, low, high, low, kind of like all over the place. Uh, Over here in the corner, if you're watching us, video- I put this week Jasmine was graduating from college. So I had that in the entire afternoon, which kind of like adds to the entire emotional roller coaster of the day. But in some ways, it was really nice to have it on the same day to take me away from social media and kind of like brings totally different feelings anyway. So we'll talk about that. So we figured we will go in chronological order. So set the scene for how Bickler is watching this game. Where are you at? I don't even know if I want to know what you were wearing, but let's see. Let's get location. So nothing too exciting. I was here uh,
1: at the house. Um, all three kids. So I, you know, am Googling how how much melatonin is safe at midday for children <laughs> under the age of 12. Uh, <laughs> No, like I'm like shuttling I'm shuttling children into the other room with like cookies and shit. Like uh so yeah, that's that's kind of it was it was a very uh uncomfortable, chaotic feel
0: to starting that match, which was
1: consistent with the I mean last match day of the season. So
0: yeah, I was so because of Jasmine's graduation, uh which you know I'm in Chicago. Uh, Jasmine goes to college at uh, University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. Uh, So it's kind of like a two hour drive. Graduation was at 2.30, I believe it was, uh, when it started. So or two o'clock, actually, it's 2 p.m. is when it started. So we're trying to find out logistics. Uh, Had family come in from out of town to visit just for basically to attend her graduation, her aunt. So we're trying to do that. and You know, this is all credit to Angie knowing my brain would be all over the place if i didn't get this uh, the liverpool into my system in the morning with the game uh so the plan was to drive over there early in the morning uh literally dump me uh almost could have like kicked me out of the car as we were driving by but i was driving so couldn't pull that stunt uh so i was at with the milwaukee crew actually so situated at the pub and i'll tell you what as we kind of keep going i will tell you more but I uh, really missed having my boy stitch with me watching a game, which is very odd. I never thought I would, yes. but I was like, man, I wish I was opening the patio door occasionally to let him out right now. was I literally felt that at one point I even texted it out to the family. So we're starting the game. We're at, you're over there trying to make the kids pass out. I'm at the pub uh, situated next to some fans. And we start. And it almost feels like the moment we start – uh, we get a goal conceded. So I guess let's stop with that. Before the game starts, where is your mindset? Are you optimistic? Cautiously optimistic? Yeah, I am cautiously optimistic. Okay. I would say relax because
1: I know the odds aren't in the favor, obviously, but I am cautiously optimistic because like, you know, I've got a, a close friend that, that lives over um, in England in Wolverhampton area. And he's a diehard fan, and he's, one of the more grounded, knowledgeable ones that I know, and he was like, it's over, City's won it, it's fine, we got Champions League, and I'm like, man, like, for me, it's like, this is a City team that can drop points whenever they feel like it, okay, they'll just drop them out of nowhere, and you're looking at a team that is without its, without its starting center-back pairing, and the last time they were like that, they lost the league to us by, like, 15 points. So, like, they're they're they were without three of their starting back four. So like to me, I'm like that's a team that's there for the taking. If they and I don't think that that's a team that is the strongest mentally. Um, I think they do have the ability to turn it on in spurts. Hindsight 2020, we knew that regardless of what happened this yeah. week. Um, so I was cautiously optimistic um, throughout. Yeah, I did go, but I was also very relaxed in knowing that, like, no matter what happened, it didn't change anything for me.
0: Yeah, so we're on the same page there. I, like, I think we talked about this after the FA Cup win. That FA Cup win has totally put my, even the warrior that I am at peace, my biggest fear for this team was to chase the quad and end up with one. That would make the season not look as successful. So, as long as a double, as soon as a double was secured, I feel like, okay, now we can go for the two trophies. And, you know, it's not like all is at stake. Cause I felt every trophy we will lose out on would put even more pressure on the team. So, I'm content, probably a lot more cautiously optimistic than you are in the caution part, not the optimistic part, cause that's how I am. But I was like, hey, you never know. If it happens, it happens. My heart said it could happen. My brain said it probably won't. But we start the game. We start the game and really, boom, pretty much uh, we can't see right away. Where is your mindset now?
1: Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I always remembered my my uh, travel coach in, in high school who was saying, Boys, if you're gonna concede, at least concede the first five minutes. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? So like I thought, you know, you got 88 minutes to turn it around. that with this side, you gotta like those odds. And it doesn't change anything. We have to win, like regardless whether we're down one nil and so, so I so it didn't change a whole lot to me. Um I did, I, th- I did think it was initially off until I realized it was a goal kick. I'm, like, fending off kids, and I'm like, oh, it looked off to me. I'm like – and I would see it again. I'm like, oh, it's definitely off. And I'm like, oh, it's like, it was a goal kick. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't – I. it didn't make me sweat. I wasn't bothered by going down one. No, I was like, at least it was within the first two.
0: I think it's the same My initial thought was I'm like, oh, the hell with me. I freaking jinxed this again because – One thing I said, you know, as we're driving towards like from Chicago to Milwaukee and, you know, obviously Angie gets to follow it whether she likes it or not because we're so involved with this whole shebang. But uh, I was like, you know, my worst fear would be, you know, both teams losing points because all week long it felt like, I mean, like it was a given that we would win this game and we know in Premier League is nothing is given. So when we considered the goal, I was like, oh, why did I even vocalize that?" You know, bad thoughts in my head was the first thing. But similar to what you're saying, it was like, "Hey, at least you know, we got scored on early, so there's a lot of time to come back." So Mane equalizes, and shortly after that, uh, the bar goes nuts. They had like a several TVs on because it is a Liverpool bar, but there were some miscellaneous fans scattered around. So, like, sadly, the one that's closest to me was the Tottenham game. So all I'm watching is Son is scoring. And then um, – but then they had, like, a City game right next to the big screen over there in the corner. So we place goes nuts. We find out City is scored on. Where is your mindset now? Uh, so I – my
1: setup – I'll try to share this to you. I don't know if you can – Try to see if we can get this in. This is my this is my kind of setup going on. So like I'm streaming, like I'm streaming it on my computer, and I've got the city game actually on the big TV in the background. Because like to me, that that was the most important game. None of it matters when City wins. Um so I had them both going, and so I saw the I saw Villa go up one. And it like I felt like Dreyfus and Jaws where I'm like you're gonna need a bigger boat, you know what I mean? I was like I was like one one those probably not gonna get it done, like <laughs> so like especially like 30 minutes in. So I wasn't I was like again cautiously optimistic. Um, I felt like I was pretty emotionally stable at that point. Um, 37 minutes in, uh, build up one L, and then we're like you know we're drawing. So it was like for me it was like I was. I don't feel like I was caught up too much in the emotions. I was just like sort of like hedging. And I think I was cautiously guarded at this point.
0: I was like guarded at this point. Yeah, it's reminded me, and I said this during the West Ham game when everybody was going like nuts. It's like it's the same thing as us conceding too early. I felt like it's too freaking early. It's too freaking early to be like go over the top with the optimism. That's kind of like nuts. So, if you come to the halftime, which, by the way, this was uh, another highlight of the day. But um, and a gentleman actually approached me. We're minor celebrities now, Bickler. Would you know it? But um, and I was actually going around with no hat, so imagine that. And uh, like, gentleman came and all the gentleman said, you know, he has actually been following the uh, the podcast and is like, we do a great work. And uh, he said, you're funny, by the way. Uh, So. I don't know if he meant funny looking. I didn't dig in too much, but. Uh, I'll take whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'll take whatever I can get at this point. So he like
1: like,
0: yeah, he had like a lot of compliments to give. So that was definitely nice to hear at halftime. Uh, so we start the second half. The first news that comes is 2 0. And it's instantly reminded me of. So where where are you at when you were at 2-0? You see the second goal going. Of all things, we've been talking about this forever with Phil and stuff like that. Where are you at? Phil. Uh, So first of all, not shocked that it was
1: Coutinho. It's almost like I expected it because, like, I don't know if it was, like, the, the, like, sort of excitement of, oh, my God, they got a second. But, like, the fact that it was Coutinho didn't really register like I thought it would. Like at all, it was just like okay, cool. Um, but I think the, th- I think the thing that really like I, the, the feeling that I can remember was like, oh my god, there's only 20 minutes left in this match. 20 minutes. Like, I mean, and you know, City didn't hadn't necessarily looked dominant either. Like, I mean, they'd had moments in that match, but like Villa was doing a pretty good job of keeping the ball in super safe spaces um, and sort of mitigating risk throughout that match. Um, so I wasn't like I, – I think the thing that – it wasn't the scoreline that caught my attention. It was the fact there was only 20 minutes left. Yes. And that sort of guarded optimism was slowly crumbling away into this, like,
0: holy shit, like – this could it, fucking happen. It reminded me of that scene where Michael Scott comes down and is like, All right, it's happening. It's happening. Calm <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yes. the fuck down. It, Like, that's part of the emotions yeah. I'm having. But at yeah. the same time, I'm thinking, the warrior that I am, who cares? You know, that part of the deal was already set. We got a score over here. I'm watching the game. I'm more worried about yeah. that. I wasn't able to watch the game, but my brother is like, You know, we're texting back and forth with him uh, through like WhatsApp, and he's telling me, I mean it doesn't look like pretty much similar to what you're saying doesn't yeah. look like oh the goal is coming any second or anything like that so he's like wow this is crazy and stuff is like that what he's saying I'm like well I don't care because I'm more worried at that point I think that that game is going to end like that this game is going to end like this and it would be yeah. 10 times more painful
1: that was crazy because the anxiety swung from City just has to lose the oh my god, we have to fucking score, like, <laughs> like, because like, I mean, we didn't necessarily look like we had it either, like, it didn't look like it was coming, um, just basically because I didn't think we necessarily were at our sharpest. And you know, like, Saab became the second coming of Petrcek in its prime, so it was like, I mean, it was a combination of like, uh, yeah, it was more like, dude, are, we, gotta, we gotta figure out a way to get a goal.
0: I think you know, I was like, man. The cop can suck one in. I think sure. we can get it, but it's never guaranteed. I'm more worried about how painful it would be yeah. if we cannot at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, shit, their goals came fast and furious. So, I don't even know if you had. were. <laughs> so, just go through with us how you feel after first, second, third. I mean, in the second, in the first, I was like, that's fine, whatever. We still got shit to worry about over here. When the second happened, I was like, ah, shit, these guys are going to come back.
1: Yeah, I've got a coworker that lives in Raleigh who's a Liverpool fan, and, like, she basically texted me just – it just said shart. That's all it said. And, like, at that point, I had known that, like, two goals in quick succession had come. And so in the back of my mind, I was thinking either her streams and, like, very much behind my stream – or they just scored again. And I was like, like, as the text was coming in and I was having that thought, I looked up as the goal was going in. And I just kind of like fucking <laughs> it's, – it's like one of those like deep breathing exercises. I was just like – I mean, it was just like all on up. Because like, for me, it was like at that point, we had scored, right? So it was 2-1. We had scored previously. And I was just like, you know what? Like – Part of me was like, at least they won it and we didn't fucking lose it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> like.
0: I, yeah, I exactly where we're at probably because yeah. you know as they're scoring and this is the time by the way where we're not able to score while it's like Tuesday and like we're kind of like going for is where I was like, man, I could have used Stitch right now and. It's odd because he's normally an annoying uh, distraction slash presence because he's nervous around me as I'm pacing. Like, you know, like he gets bored after a while. He'll go knock on the patio door for me to open it. I was like, bro, like go over there, open it, let him out and stuff like that. But I I was like, man, those distractions were really actually freaking helping my sanity. Because, you know, when you're watching in a bar, it's almost like, That insanity is combined with others. So, and then you get some like overreactions from some people that's like kind of like sometimes like agitates me at the same time. I was like, oh, I wish it was just with Stitch right now because I would be in a better place mentally watching that. But as they come back, I was, I think that's where I was at too. Because to me, maybe the worst case scenario was like you're saying they're dropping the ball, but we are too. Cause I feel like that was, that would have been 10 times more painful. So we score, we get the leads. Um, I don't know. Obviously like once our game ended, all the TVs switched the city. And I think like actually NBC might've switched everything because the Tottenham game was over, which I don't even know why they were playing after a certain time over there. But yeah, um, and you kind of see it, and I know everybody was like, oh, why are they not extending time? It would look like a beach. Every city player was, like, laying around and stuff like that, getting soaked in the yeah, sun. Yeah. And so the game ends. The finality is there. Where are you at mentally then?
1: Um, So I closed everything, shut everything down, mostly because the kids at that point were just fucking peeling the paint off the walls and ready to go do something. No, like – that is true. but Medication is wearing
0: off or what? <laughs>
1: I, yeah. Like I had like sedated him as long as I could. They were waking up from the chloroform and stuff. Um, but no, seriously, like I uh, I couldn't – I shut everything down. I didn't want to see that, man. Like I didn't want to see – like I have a lot of respect for City. I think they're like a monster. I think they're a phenomenal footballing side. I think they represent everything that's wrong with modern football in a lot of ways. I do think they have some quality players that I'd love to have. Cancelo, Rodri, KDB—those are amazing players to watch, and I think genuinely good people. I also think they have a ton of knuckleheads on that team. That wouldn't be—I wouldn't want anywhere near Liverpool. Um, I just didn't want to see the likes of Bernard Silva and Foden walking around with medals, and like I just wasn't—I uh, wasn't in a spot where I could watch that. I shut everything down. I lied myself like 30 minutes to feel bad about it. But then like, you know, um, I think I probably put it in the discord before I felt it. Uh, But I really thought, you know, like going into the day, we said this was one of the greatest seasons ever, no matter what happened and nothing changes that. And we went in today knowing that like statistically we were a long shot to pull through today. And the only thing that changed us feeling that way in the course of the day was how it unfolded, not the final result. If we would have seen that result in the morning, we would have all accepted it. We would have all been like, "Ah, you know, we kind of expected that. But like, it's just the way that it unfolded, the dramatics and the theatrics throughout the day, which make, you know, the last day of the season, some of the best sporting was like the best sporting day of almost anything I like to see that. So
0: wait, be, before I switch over, let me ask you this. Like, have do you normally – call me a sore loser. I turn it off in any event regardless of who the other team is. Like, okay, let's say I'm trying to remember, I guess the last time would be losing the, the Champions League final. Like, do you watch it afterwards in general? Because usually, like I say, call me a sore loser, I shut everything off.
1: Just depends on the team. You know. Oh, really? Think, okay. Yeah, it depends on the team. I'll I'll sit and watch some of it. I didn't the champ the Real Madrid game. I did not. I did okay. not just because I was like that was a that was a tough one for a number of reasons. The most yeah. situation, Carius. It was just tough in general. Um, but yeah, sometimes I will. I mean, it just depends. I'm I'm like I'm okay with losing. I don't like it, but like it's. I mean, somebody has to do it. It's sports. You know what I mean? Like it's it is is what it is. It just depends on who it's to and and what it is.
0: And that's why I kind of like, you know, before the podcast, I asked you, like, should we go in time order? Because I feel like, yeah, like before the game, I even told this to Angie. I'm like, man, I don't have to watch this game. Like if you guys, you know, don't want to do all that and leave earlier and stuff like that, you know, I can follow it on the phone or watch it over the phone and stuff like that. And I said, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay I'm at the pub. If 15 minutes in, you know, city is up to zero. There's no reason for me to be here. I can hop on the Uber and meet you guys for lunch, you know. Um, but yeah, I had literally had Uber ready to go as we were watching and the moment the final whistle, I was like, confirm, like it just called it so I can go meet him. And I just kind of like caught the end of their lunch and stuff. But, um, and you're right. We did say regardless, right? Yeah. So why do you think the... Especially in a lot of ways the overreaction. And then like people trying to find that overreaction with perhaps underreaction. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's the people that I think there's people that see the fact that we have one league title in the last five years of pretty large dominance in like are frustrated by that. You know what I mean? And can't see past that. And I think there are other people that see the larger picture. Um but maybe don't see that other people see it differently. And so I think, like, you know, I I just think it's the way that people react in general. And it's like, you know, you got one one set of fans, like, that are like, this is the greatest era ever. We should just enjoy that. And that's the camp that I belong in. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I need to react to somebody that says, like, The Premier League is everything we've won once in five years. That's disappointing because, like, I respect that. Like, I do think, like, you know, Pep said it and we all kind of shit on it this week, but I still agree with it because we've talked about it on the pot. I think the Premier League is the hardest thing to win. I think it is the hardest thing to win. And, like, so maybe Pep's saying that because that's the only thing they're going to win this year, but he's not wrong. Over 38, you know, weeks, I think it is the most grueling campaign Like, and I'm not gonna downplay the Champions League because like I have people are like, oh, they got basically we got basically Europa like opponents. It's like, dude, we had the group of death going in. Like everyone said that was the hardest group by far. And then we got like, you know, like we got teams that beat Juventus and Ajax. Like, I mean, we can't I mean, are you gonna blame us for the fact that Villarreal ran through those teams? You know what I mean? So I'm not gonna downplay either way um but i do think there's some credence to the the importance of the premier league plays and i get that um what i think is funny is when people get online and be like don't tell me how to feel <laughs> like it's like it's like, all right guys it everybody, was a lot of fighting about that yeah, That they're yeah. like no, you should be crying place.
0: right now or you should go under me. your
1: stool and go to sleep like i mean it's like <laughs> my thing and i think that's my thing is like dude like Like, and I said this online, like somebody's like, oh, people process grief differently. I'm like, what fucking grief, dude? Like, I mean, that's my thing. Like, like not to get deeply personal, but like I've gone through some severe heartache in the last five years, whether it was losing a parent, whether it was losing my marriage. Like, and I think like when you process real grief and you go through real grief, um, and in a lot of ways, Liverpool saved my life multiple times by it being the only positive thing going um, in really bad situations for me. Like, I think, I think it's very easy to lose, like, track of, like, the big picture and understand, like, dude, this is such a phenomenal season. There is absolutely nothing to grieve this year. Does, did, does this team deserve to win the Premier League? Probably. Like, do I think we're, we're, like, do I think we're better than City? Probably. Yeah, I do. But, I mean, you got to tip your cap to City, and they did what great teams do. They found a way to win. Like, that's what great teams do. Um, and, and I just think, like, when people are like, oh, you know, like, we're processing. I'm like, dude, guys, let's fucking get over it. Let's look at this thing collectively as a whole. And let's let's look at the season with
0: some actual perspective. And honestly, that's the thing. So, like, and that's, like, not, like your personal stuff. And I'll go, like, through my personal stuff because I felt like, you know, that really actually helped me put things into perspective because – You know, normally if I didn't have anything rest of the day, I might have, I would probably still avoid social media and, and it's kind of harder obviously for us with American Scots or the websites and there's a bunch of stuff happening and postings and articles going up and stuff like that. So while you're doing that, while you're sharing something, you can't look away. It's like a traffic accident. You see like somebody's like brainless post and, you know, I try to like scroll down now. I try not to respond when I see like certain things, but. You know, having that graduation like really helped because from there, like I said, went to lunch. We went there. uh, Parking was a bitch. But, you know, we eventually go there. You know, like we're kind of like waiting. Uh, You sit in the stadium, you know, like there's like a freaking like thousand students. And it's odd. Your little ones are still little. uh, So the old farts listening to me will probably understand this a lot more. But when they graduate from things like... I don't know, like kindergarten and stuff like that. It's freaking cute, right? <laughs> you're like, you're like, ah, oh, you made it another year. Good job. And then when they do, like, you know, same thing, probably with elementary school. You know, because these are given things. yeah, you better in some ways, but it's cute. You know, like you, like, high school graduation. It's still, you know, all these are like proud moments. But the pride and the emotion that goes with the changes, um, like high school graduation, you're like proud. And then you're, like, so hopeful for them because, you know, like, it's like that feeling that you can kind of feel their hope and, like, the opportunities they have and stuff. I mean, she's going to go to college and things like that. When the college graduation happens and these things get level and she's doing master's now, so God forbid It's a lot more emotional. Not like. Yeah, because your retirement's going out the window. Oh, but that's part of it. I mean, not like Angie emotional where, you know, as she's already starting to like cry as we sit down. I'm like, dude, there's 45 minutes to go. Not like I brought my own pack of tissues emotional, like Angie is, mind you. But, you know, as that happens, it's emotional because not only like the pride keeps obviously accumulating as you go, but it's also like, oh, man, like you can kind of like feel them get about well, fucking feel yourself getting older but then them getting older and like having their own life more and more and more it's kind of like a mixed emotional thing if you ever had a kid uh, graduating from college over the years if you're as old fart as i am you'll probably relate to this when your kids eventually get over the whole chloroform and being <laughs> excessive nyquil that's being given to them they're still waking up they'll be fine <laughs> You'll probably be there too, and you'll have a hat trick of experiencing this three times. But yeah, it's it's so much pride and it's so much joy, and it kind of put things into perspective. Where I felt like that was just another thing. I mean, we're obviously very invested in this, not only because we're like hardcore fans, but with the website and stuff. You know, our lives, half our lives, if not more, revolves around this. You know, but you kind of like puts everything else into perspective in a way, and you're like, hey. You know, I think I was able to process it a lot better. The one thing that I did not like, because I was kind of like looking at the Facebook as we're waiting, because everybody's sitting down, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, we were there. By the time we sat down, it was like 20 minutes to go, is I saw some social media posts and I was like, you know what? I'm glad I'm not in this mess right now. I'm kind of like enjoying this. One thing I didn't like, and I think I've talked about this before, I want to get your take on it, is as a fan, I don't want to say as a fan base, it's probably not fair. Um, is, you know, we kind of like overreact to how City's thing is, similar to what you said with what Pep said. I think if anybody asks any, any given points, I think we would say winning the Premier League is harder just because it's a, it's a longer freaking marathon, first of all, right? Not okay. only because of the teams you're going to play, but it's a lot better to, I mean, clearly when we came back and beat AC Milan, that Milan team was like a ridiculous team was a much better team, and nobody can deny that, right? But, you know, you can have eight or ten really good days and you focus on that and kind of, like, push the league away. And you, you're, you're able to do that a lot easier than run this marathon with the league. And not only that, I feel like whenever people, we all know, and we've known that cities, money, and how they cheat, you know, the FFP and all that kind of stuff, this was all a given thing. When we start bitching about it, the moment the result doesn't go our way, I feel like it comes across as very like sour grapes. I feel like it's when you play your older brother and when you beat him, you mock him to death, which I did, but that's how I roll. But the moment you lose, you say, oh, you were supposed to win anyway. You're older than I am. Does that make sense? I just don't understand. I feel like it it totally does. And I think, you know, I think it's just human nature to
1: find reasons to try to justify why you weren't the one that won. Right. Like why, why you weren't the number one, why it wasn't you, why you weren't chosen like for anything. And, And I think that's just life in general. And I mean, you know, like, God, dude, like, I don't want to get into it. I I do think that the city did have an awful lot of our decisions go their way this year. But that being said, if you start going down the what if train, like you can get into so many, like, I mean, what if city would have like won any of the games they drew? Like what, you know what I mean? And like, you got to understand, like what it comes down to for me is when I look at city up until last week, they hadn't dropped a single game from a winning position. Like they haven't dropped a single point from a winning position since like that's almost the entirety of the season. Okay. Like they were just that fucking good. And I don't think any of us want to talk about it because like, I mean, we don't necessarily agree with the way that that team has been put together. And that's at the core of the issue for me is how they've done their business. But when I look at the team, they were just that good. I mean, like, we can't say that. We dropped, a, we dropped loads of points from, from winning positions. We drew a lot of games. Um, but that being said, like it is a hard thing to reconcile the fact that we have, in the last five years, tallied 99 points, 97 points, 92 points, and walked away with one Premier League trophy. You know, Manchester United has 13 trophies at 91 points or fewer. You know what I mean? So, like – I mean that is hard that's a hard thing for me to reconcile. This season is so awesome and so important to me because that was my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that United's going to hang their hat on 13 Premier League trophies at a point total of less than three of our last 5 years and we're going to have one. And that and this team was going to be buried in the history books by a city team that's been basically artificially like constructed in such a way to be a monster. This season is so important to me because we are clean sweeping everything else. Fingers crossed, Champions League happens. Like this should be considered one of the greatest sides of any Premier League era, and that's important to me. That's really what like I hang this season on. But I do think we just need to look at the city side and, and like tip tip our hat to them collectively as to what they are. Like they did what good teams did. They found a way to win,
0: and they've done it all year. And I think that's why you know we talk about the league being more difficult because it's more about consistency and you know being able to do it week in and week out despite what else is going on. And you know, uh, Pardo says, for example, and I I realize this, and I think we talked about this. The VAR, I I almost feel like trying to put the title loss in a specific moment makes it almost more painful for me. Uh, Like, you know, before it was like the 0.11 inches or whatever the heck that ball was. Uh, You can go to the VAR thing. But then I think that's what, if you do that, it's more painful. I don't think you can do that. I don't
1: think you can do that because if you're going to do that, then you have to look at every moment during the league campaign and dissect every moment. And there are hundreds of them. There are literally hundreds of them. So it's like, yeah, the, the handball that was brutal, and that was a brutal call. Like, when it happened, we talked about it the week that it happened, and I told you, like, I was like, this <laughs> is gonna come down to the wires, a title race. You remember this, and I was like, I'm gonna be so upset if this comes down to the last. I remember hour. this, dude. <laughs> and like, I told myself I wouldn't do that to myself because, like, we look at it, there's a hundred things that go either way, and at the end of the year, how many go their way versus our way. It's probably close to fifty fifty, to be quite honest. When you look at it, if you dissect all the hundreds of moments through the year, I, I just think I think it's a, a too big of a rabbit hole to go down at the end of the day. To me, like the statistic that they didn't drop a point from a winning position up until the last two weeks of the season, to me is the one that sticks with me because that's dominant.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's yeah, doing it to a specific moment is just not really fair well for your own mental health for one and that's why the league I mean and that's I saw that the same thing done with us like you know in terms of the team's performances but if they beat Tottenham okay then if they beat every game yeah then maybe it would just be goal difference if both teams that's why it's hard I mean it's impossible to win every freaking game I think we're kind of spoiled with starting every game with the expectation of a win by itself was not a thing uh, five years ago. Even <laughs> it- we got dudes
1: on this team that we bought three years ago that haven't lost a game yet. Like, it's insane. It, it like, is. Like, some of the statistics that are coming out of this side are like just insane
0: statistics. And I think that's kind of like what has kind of spoiled us. And like I say, like Jasmine's graduation, which Jasmine is up there, she was always up here somewhere hold on let me point it right here playing soccer but now she's graduated over there and I that whole graduation was able to kind of like keep me calm and kind of look at at the bigger picture better perspective and say like kind of like brought me back to the beginning of the day in some ways where we were almost like expecting it's only hopefully cautiously optimistic it's like i say it's the hope that kills you if it wasn't for that two zero, it would not be that painful that is why i mean it's the hope that kills you and and that's why i was kind of like what you were saying i was like i hope they freaking win because if they do not win when it was one one i'm like they better fucking win otherwise i'm going to be even more upset i think then i would be crushed because it would almost yeah. be more about bottling it than, oh, for sure, right? And it would yes, one hundred percent.
1: And I said this in Discord when City scored their goal. I said, "Well, at least they won the title, and we didn't lose it." Because like that was that was it. Like I was like, "Oh my god, dude! If this thing ends in a draw and City loses, I will just like that would have that would have ruined my day, my week, and probably my month worse than like." It would have been far worse than what happened.
0: Chris Frame makes a good point. I mean, it's the butterfly effect. Everything that happens affects everything that follows. So if you change that incident, you don't know if, you know, how City approaches games are different. I mean, everything can change. I know it's a lot easier for us, for some of us, I guess. I, like I say, it makes it more painful for me if I try to pinpoint to a specific moment in time and blame that or a specific game because that's the whole point it's like the marathon i mean it's not like and that's the butterfly effect goes into that because you don't know what's going to happen and that's Darren are kind of saying we can't do the ifs or buts because it's and that's i mean part of the joy of the game i guess you know we we're and I think it goes back to what you're saying in terms of the disappointment of doing so well yet not having the titles for it. That's why the FA I mean, Is't that why we team.
1: added VAR? It's just so we could have another layer of Es butts? I mean,
0: <laughs> which is what it has done in that sense, I guess. but I don't know. that's what we'll definitely have a podcast where we talk about uh, VAR during the summer because I think it has gotten better than what it was when we talked about it last summer, for example, but there's still, like, a lot of issues, and we'll discuss that, but so now that the dust has settled, where are you at with the season as we head over to the Champions League final? Uh, I still think it's a great season. I still think it's one of the
1: best ever, and I am desperate for a Champions League win, like, and I'm hoping that this team, like, is processing, like, losing... Like the league in a dramatic way, and it's like channeling and fueling a fire for this final.
0: Uh, Well, does that game change how you view the season? It didn't, it didn't. No, I mean, the Champions League final. I'm talking.
1: Oh, how does it change how I view the season? Will it
0: change? Like, you know, will it change?
1: Um, yes, it will. I will think it was a great season, but I won't think it was a historic season. Um, I will think it was historic in the fact that we made it on all four fronts and we competed all four fronts. But I think, to me, like I would say, fifty percent of it is having to win one of the big ones, and that's either the Champions League or the Premier League. Uh, those are the two; those are the two big ones. And I think, like, winning one of those will solidify us, like, in the history books.
0: I agree because even though I do say the FA Cup win put me at ease, I would be – I I don't know what it is, man. It must be this whole graduation emotional thing. I'm a wreck. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I felt more at ease and I was okay with it. Maybe because, like, how Chris says, you know, like, calm before the game because we felt like there was nothing to lose. It almost felt like it was already lost. And maybe mm-hmm. we'll snatch in the last second kind of deal as opposed to obviously the final where – it's up for grabs. Honestly, when the game ended, I was more upset that we had already lost, but now we lost Thiago. Yeah, yeah, that was more like like uh, injury to the insult, I guess, the other way around. But you know, it just that was my bigger disappointment. Like we had already lost, but at least we had Thiago now. Yeah, I know it's gonna be more determined, but you would think as we go into the final and talk a bit about that that it would not. I mean, he would not be in the 11 for sure, even if he's able to come off the bench, right?
1: I mean, that's how it's looking. I I read something that said, like, they're going to not know until within 48 hours of the match. But, I mean, I just got to believe the way that he looked and the way he went off the pitch. Like, I just can't imagine. Um, He's not one that ever beats a timetable to come back either. So, like, um, we'll see.
0: But I don't know if that's sometimes based on – you don't want to bring him early and lose him for even yeah. longer, whereas this no, one sure. is like what? And that's what I was going to ask you, like in terms of because it's the what's the worst case scenario, plus the fact that you can make five substitutions. Do you roll the dice? If he says I can go, do you roll the dice or you're like, you know what? Why don't we play it safe? Because we don't want to substitute you like five minutes into it when you realize you can't and put you in, like, 60 or whatever. That's so hard, man. There.
1: That's so hard. I, almost, I would almost roll with Nabby and then introduce him at 50 or 60 in, depending on how the game's in. Like, maybe you introduce him at halftime if you're really struggling in the midfield. Like, if you're not... If you're struggling in the link-up play in terms of if you're struggling to get the ball out of the mids into dangerous positions, maybe you bring him in at halftime. Um, but, like, I almost think, like... You're basically playing from a position of strength if you can bring him into the game versus whether you start him and like either have to pull him out halfway through, you know, because he can't make it.
0: I think so too. The only concern over there and the only question is I mean, we're assuming Fab is in there. So it's Fab and Hendo, and we're looking for the third. The last time we saw Keita against that Real Madrid midfield, obviously it was not pretty. Not fair on him because he hadn't did not have the run on games, and I felt like he was kind of thrown under the bus by being out there, and we, I remember back then when we talked about, yeah, no, it, we about that. that. That's
1: a great point. I'd forgotten about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, but even then I felt like we put that more on Klopp than Keita in mm-hmm. terms of he just was not ready for, in terms of physically and perhaps emotionally, like the, you know, the magnitude of the game. Mm do you think that affects his mindset perhaps in a positive way that he has something to prove now? Cause I'm sure he freaking remembers that game because Klopp does not yank you very often. Usually you trot out there even in the beginning of the second half and he gives it till 60 and yeah. you are full.
1: Yeah. The thing that, I mean, that's, that always just comes down to the individual, right? I mean, I think that you can either turn that into something that makes you fight harder or you can turn it into something that becomes fear. And like, Oh, this feels so unfair to say to Nabby, but like I feel like sometimes Nabby is easily rattled, if that makes sense. And like, so like I worry about I worry about that coming into play, but I don't know, it's such a different situation and it is a completely different cast of characters that's around him right now. Um, even though it was such a short time ago. Like, man, that's a coin flip. I could be either way, but I, I still think you go nabby. I still think you go nabby, and I still think you bring Thiago off the bench for it.
0: Uh, that's how I would roll. I agree. And for the front three, are we doing the Diaz, Mo, Mane? Or are you putting Bobby in there?
1: I think you have to go Diaz, Mo, Mane. Okay. Uh, Mane middle, Diaz left, Mo right, obviously. I think you have to. I think that's your best lineup and has been for the last better better course of a month and a half, and I think you have to roll with that.
0: Sparky Parpy says... Bobby, I am torn on that because I am not sure who you're replacing. The only thing that concerns me about Real is the, especially like Vinicius on the left-hand side going against Trent. Like defending on that side is going to be key. And that's probably like my bigger concern. I know obviously like Benzema is in like ridiculous form and stuff like that, but I feel like we can handle him with the center back duo. As the problem as I started. love Bobby,
1: and I think like, you know, he would probably add so much to a game like this where we're going to need help in the midfield. The problem that I have with Bobby is if you start Bobby, that means you're benching your hottest player for the last two and a half months. That means Diaz is sitting. You're not benching Mane in this situation. You're gonna go Mane, Bobby, Mo. And I just for me, it doesn't make any sense. Diaz has been the lifeblood. He's he's basically grabbed this team by the back of the neck. And dragged it across the line the last two months.
0: I just do not see a situation where you bench Diaz. That is a good point. I mean, especially like in terms of like how you're explaining what he has done, because he has done that in terms of, especially like energy wise on the field, you can kind of like feel that the only case as a devil's advocate that I am would make for Bobby is the fact that. You're gonna get more from Diaz coming off the bench than you would bring him Bobby off the bench is how I feel. Uh, but it's it goes if I weigh those two, I'd probably go with what you're saying and start Diaz out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I, for, for me with Diaz, like I'm not asking for 90. I'm asking for 60 of like full throttle heavy metal diaz and then i'm looking at jada to create some magic off the bench you know or bobby to come in you know so i i mean bobby i think coming in with 30 minutes to go changes the complexion of that in a big way it it, it creates more space up top it helps out the midfield and, and when the legs are starting to hit um i think it makes a lot of sense in that regard um Man, I got big concerns for Mo in this match. I know everybody's like this is his revenge tour versus, you know, Madrid. Like, I am so happy he bagged that goal. My biggest concern about this match with Mo is that we're sitting watching 90 minutes of Mo try to beat six guys. Like, that's that's my biggest concern. So, um I don't want to like speak that into existence, but I just like we're in the nest, you know, and I feel like I just need to verbalize that fear out loud.
0: <laughs> get it out. Yeah, I, that is a concern. Uh, but in some ways, part of me says you're going to get like a ridiculous mo. It's almost like the moment he's been waiting for. And he might force some things. But at the same time, I think you have a Madrid team expecting – a ridiculous Mo, which will probably pay him even more attention that will open up space for others. That will be their top concern. I think this is going to be a huge game for Mane, actually. Because when you look at this team right now, and I know Mane is scoring some goals, but you're so worried about... In the past, you would be worried about Mo and Mane, right? And now it feels like you'll be worried about Mo and Diaz just because of his recent form and what he's done, which leaves a guy that you would normally worry about, like Mane, nuts as well. I, will he be able to f- take advantage of those spaces? I just hope so. I'm more worried about the counter and their speed on the wings than anything else. That midfield, yes, it's solid, but I think we, are, we will be able to bypass it with our speed because it's a slow midfield. That's where, I mean, Thiago would be golden. Like I said, that was my probably biggest disappointment over the weekend is just not having Thiago for this game because that would be defining. Uh, Chris Strain says, apart from the fact that his autocorrect is killing him, uh, that getting the goal for Mania was huge, uh, for uh, Mo was huge. And I think so. It does kind of like help the cause. Um, so get let's get a prediction from you.
1: Oh, God, this is brutal, huh? Oh, um, yeah, it is. I'm going to go 2-1 in a nail-biter. I think it's going to be one late. I think it's going to be one dramatically. I'll go 2-1 rets.
0: Man, Sparky Parky says 3-1. That's what my heart says as well. I do say 3-2, though. With a 3 1 becoming a 3 2 towards the end, where they get ridiculously happy and say, think they're getting yet one more comeback, but not this time.
1: Look at all these predictions coming through. You guys are optimistic. (laughs)
0: They are optimistic. Well, okay, Chris Train says four-one and threes are up at halftime. I am not falling for Chris Train's tricks, man. Every time he does these okay. productions puts me at over-ease. Yeah, I'm more like Alan Walner who says I'll start praying now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm That's gonna awesome. tell Jasmine, see if she can wrap up the master's program in like a week, so that worst case scenario, I'll have another graduation to attend or something like that. Because yeah. I might I might need that. And it would definitely save some money, I guess, huh? Yeah. Um any parting thoughts, Bickler? Uh,
1: no. Like I don't have the kids on this game, which like, you know, I kind of wanted for the distraction. So I'll be under a bridge drinking at like eight in the morning trying to get myself
0: through it. <laughs> I will have Stitch back in the starting lineup <laughs> Come, coming up there from like I a need to get off. a service dog. That's what I've been doing <laughs> wrong this whole time. And you know what the funny thing is? We've talked about this before, and I don't know how this works. Like, you see these service dogs, and sometimes you see golden retrievers. And I was like, who is training these guys? Because Stitch is like the anti-service dog. He's like a disservice dog where he will—he's more excited than you will ever be at any given time. But I think those distractions, I think, are helping me watch uh so i'm definitely watching home are you going to be at the bar breaking so your I'm hand again down or? duck and dive hopefully not breaking my hand this time um so what came up with that by the way it's always off camera i noticed but oh
1: it's good it's fine <laughs> i think it's just a broken blood vessel it still hurts uh quite a bit but it's fine um yeah, so, so I, I think doctor
0: or I'll, is this like a self-bickler? Or you ask the kids, you guys think this is a broken vein? Before you guys dude, do I, I look
1: like the type of dude that does doctors? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll be at a duck and dive down in Wilmington, North Carolina. It should be a good time. There should it's gonna be crazy. There'll be loads of us out there.
0: Yeah, Partos says three, two, four me, I'll have extra blood medication on hand. Uh, yeah, there is no way. <laughs> and Chris Train says, and I was watching that afterwards, that's that Jamie probably had a bruised eye from that day that he didn't even remember either afterwards. But you boys have fun. Alan says he'll be at Ron's pub in Houston with a couple of hundred people. Like you say, I love the excitement of that. But man, it was like an awesome. Alan, send us a vid, man. Let's see it. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. No doubts. Well, thanks, everybody. Jamie is probably the the cause of that after all but well thanks to everybody who's listening Uh, we will be back next week hopefully with number seven I'll have a big seven in the corner instead and uh, on Thursday Gally will be back with his Enfield stories it's going to be like that gather around people the old man has stories kind of an episode Uh, we'll be joined by a couple of our contributors and they will do a final preview My heart won't take that by then. I would so do you follow stuff by the way, Bickler? Or I like on game day, for example, will you be watching everything? Because I avoid anything and everything on game day till kickoff, usually. I just don't want to hear it, no one see it. Just show me yeah,
1: I think I nervously like skim through Facebook stuff, which I probably shouldn't do, um, because I'm just not in the best frame of mind to begin with. Um, but I don't watch like a whole lot of TV coverage of anything at all. No, no That explains
0: coverage. a lot of your comments on those days, by the way. Yeah, yeah. you should definitely yeah. avoid social media. Uh, Chris Train says, I'm watching everything I can get. I do not because more yeah. often than not, it's aggravating and it becomes this, the sports media that I really hates, like trying to pull stories out of their ass or embellish all these stories. I think in terms of Liverpool, we know all the storylines. So just give me the game. I'll probably avoid everything. I might even mow or something just to get my mind out of the game. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Give us a follow. Uh, Definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as we're going to be launching a lot of new stuff coming up. And up the reds. Hopefully, we'll be back next Monday with number seven. Take care, everybody.